the night turns black, this ain't no fairy tale. But I won't quit. Can't you see what I could be? A possibility. With just a little courage, you could really be something. I got courage. Let's take a trip back. Back in the time, 1977, it was maximum crime. You're a natural wordsmith, man. You're working for drug dealers. You ever thought of quitting? This ain't Disneyland, this is the Bronx. I right, but it seemed like nothing found me but trouble. I see the light, it's right there at the end of the tunnel. Don't push me to be who you want me to be. Nobody's asking what I want to be. Show me what you got. Shaolin's a DJ, we call conductor, cause Shaolin fantastic, so bad mother... Hello and welcome to the Vertical Viewing Podcast from Vancouver, British Columbia. This is episode number 82, and my name is Scott. My name is Jared. And my name is Rob. Nice one. Rob, welcome back. Thanks, it's been a while. I think so. Do you remember what the last uh, movie was? Was it... What was the last one? Was Everybody it... Wants Some? No. That was probably it. Everybody Wants Some. On today's episode, we're going to catch up on the films and TV shows we've been watching as well as the week in film news before our featured review of Encendie. Yeah, I, oui, I, I got that right. Fr- French-Canadian. From director Denis Villeneuve. Probably the best director working right now. I like, think right, th- this was the... Right yeah, now. That's why we watched this 20- movie was to test the theory that, <clears throat> you know, in that he is the best. September 2016, stick it in the ground. Denis Villeneuve looking down at he's everyone pulled else. ahead in the what did you say the f1 race it is <laughs> he's kind of he's kind of like i the, called him jacques villeneuve <laughs> he's kind of like the cold play of directors he's that popular oh, you don't you dare he well okay don't sorry. you dare he, he's more like the uh, the maroon five don't of directors. you even oh, dream of it what's going on i'm trying here. to think of Rob, how, the door is right over there he, you he's know. the blake shelton of directors who's that he's just digging country, a hole it's a country here. country superstar <laughs> Wow. He's naming all of our I musical guess he, favorites. He is trying to defuse the situation since Encendie is like maybe the most depressing movie ever made. It's heavy. <clears throat> so we're going to have to try to keep things light until we get to the darker half. So good, though. Uh, yeah. Subscribe to all of our episodes on iTunes or through the podcast software of your choice. That's what you're going to do. You're going to go to iTunes. You're going to give us a five-star review if you have, you know... If if you have the time, please do it. If you want to just click over to that five star, then you're going to click on that old white box and you're going to leave us a recipe for what? Rob, what do you feel like? Disaster. What? <laughs> recipe for disaster. What 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 do you mix in there? No, I would uh maybe something vegan. Something vegan. Okay. I I was actually thinking the same thing. I was like we need we need some vegetarian. Well, I mean options. last last week we had potato salad, so yeah, but we had I I mean bacon in there, right? I would say you know, full-on vegan. You, okay, if you could come up with something uh, like a vegan uh, pasta or maybe a Mexican vegan thing, that would be that would be good to post. Yeah, people need that. Yeah, they need it in their lives. And I guess potato salad isn't vegan since there's mayonnaise in it. No, but there's this new uh, vegan mayonnaise. Veganaise. That does yeah. not sound like it would be good at all. Yeah, I, I don't know what's in veganaise, and I don't want to know. <laughs> but I'm also not going to eat it. Hmm. Moving on. <laughs> um, hmm. That's is that what we're asking for? Some ve- veganaise recipes in in yeah. the iTunes box. Uh, our website is verticalviewing.com. Please donate if you have a couple extra bucks. Uh, 
means a lot. It does. There's a little yellow uh, PayPal donate button there. Anything and everything we appreciate. Uh, we really do. It helps us offset the cost of seeing movies, putting on the show, uh, slicing a piece off the internet, delivering it. Renting. Renting. Renting our part of the internet. Yeah, there's an installation where all of the internet is stored. Yeah, we have a little segment. We have to invest. Yeah. Uh, your thoughts and recommendations, send them to us at, at verticalviewing at gmail.com. Uh, let us know what we should review on weeks where, you know... The the big ones coming out aren't so yeah, or movies attractive. Like Morgan were our options to review, or The Light Between Oceans. Um, I, I'm really glad we watched it on these. Yeah. It has no relevance to anything out this week, which is fine. Other yeah. than maybe the early reviews for Arrival essentially told us, well, Denis Villeneuve is a complete badass, so let's just review all Sandy this week. Yeah, it's yeah, like a get warm Get back into the catalog. Uh, find something oh, man. that was good. Oh, my goodness. Uh, on Twitter, at Vertical Viewing. You can check us out there. We're on Instagram as well. From from what I understand, occasionally, yeah. Well, Mike's in charge of that. Yeah, he's he's been on hiatus. He's in Saskatchewan, keeping it real. Saskatchewan should be joining us next week. Uh, but Land of the big sky. <laughs> yeah, we got Rob here. I'm here filling in. Rob's crushing some brewskis. What did you yeah. watch? Ruby tears, gypsy tears. <clears throat> you haven't been on in ages. Pa- so I'm drinking parallel forty nine gypsy tears. Oh, Shout out man. to that uh, brewery, a local brewery. Yeah, I was there a couple nights ago, actually. That's good. It's a great place. Yeah, they had a new pale ale on tap. It was tasty. Yeah, that's brought to you by... Maybe they could be our sponsor, Parallel 49 Brewery. Well, I wouldn't know anything about uh, craft brew, so you got, you, I well, would trust Red to handle this one. They call it Yeast Van because there's so many oh, breweries no in way. Yeast Van. No way. That yeah. is such a good pun okay. that I have yep. never heard before. Um, Rob, what have you been watching recently? You must have loads of goodies. Well, what I've been watching recently, I was the the top of the list was I recently saw the movie Mustang, which is a Turkish coming of age film, and uh, it was amazing. It was it did the fil- film fest rounds last year. I didn't really know anything about it. Um, it kind of comes off as a Turkish uh, virgin suicides, and it's about these I think five or six. Um, orphaned uh, teenage girls and what happens is at the start of the film you see them you know frolicking with these boys in the water and then the grandmother and the uncle get all like you'll never find a husband type of thing if you act like that so then they lock them in the house and they basically you know put them on lockdown and it's how they react to you know that type of you know totalitarian sort of parenting okay so it's like dog tooth uh, part two yeah similar to that and but not as as bizarre as it but the uh the acting and the and the writing cinematography everything is just yeah it's a force to be reckoned with and i would recommend it okay where'd you see this one it just it's on netflix okay yeah so it's easy. called mustang easy so watch it and i mean it starts off as one of those films where you're like okay <clears throat> is this gonna just meander and be a, sort of a slice of life and then some crazy shit happens Things get really dark and you're just like, okay, that's where they're taking us. And you're glad that they did that. I mean, it's not enjoyable what happens, but it's, <laughs> it becomes a, a real great movie. You know? Okay. 
It's a thriller? Not a thriller. It's just a domestic drama, okay. basically. But, I mean, there's some I mean, a terrible act that happens at one point, and you're just like, it kind of sends the movie into traje- trajectory that you okay. didn't maybe foresee it was going to go into. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. You you guys also, Netflix is home to The Get Down, which I think we're going to probably talk a lot about right now. Oh, yeah. I'll just say my piece <laughs> here. I, I've seen the first 30 minutes of the, the first episode of The Get Down. Diana talked about this last week. Yes. Uh, when Which she, is what pushed me to watch it. Yeah, when she was nice enough to join us. Um, so she, went, she sold me on it when she started explaining it as sort of like a kung fu thing angle, yeah. you know, with like, yeah, you know, all, you know, Shaolin fantastic. Yeah, and and you know actual yeah. sound effects of, of like cheesy ass, uh, with like fanfares behind it, and, like and, and, and jumping out yeah. to like trumpets, like mm-hmm. and and saying when she said it's Baz Luhrmann, I said oh, okay, mm. and as soon as there's that convertible shows up, is Jimmy Smits? Is he Jimmy Smits? Is in it? Yeah, is I've, he like the the guy who's going to develop the land and stuff? He's the guy that's supposed to be a friend of the little. Yeah, guy in, I just uh, friend of the working class. I expected John Leguizamo to get out of that limo, and I felt like I was watching Romeo and Juliet or something like that. It's Smith is playing a pretty well. I like him in the first episode. He's like but, he's kind of greasy, but he he has a good. Yeah, I've only his, seen the first episode. Is good. But I don't think it's uh is Boz Lermany as his other side. It's pretty dialed down. Like most Boz Lerman stuff is so much CGI and so much uh, things going on. It's almost like an animated film his, this this, this is, one is dialed down a but lot. Th- this is all animated but it's animated with really grainy low quality like 16 millimeter footage like it's yeah. or it, like it, the, it's, the it's, trains going by with the uh the graffiti or will, will be way in the distance it's almost like monty python but with graffiti and new york and old news bronx reels. and brooklyn art kind of yeah one thing, um, the way that subway restaurants used to look on the walls. <laughs> one thing that wasn't that impressive was when they go to that disco. It's the most, uh, you know, like, like the lamest disco ever. It's like like low ceilings. It's so tiny. It looks like the back of someone. Like a, I was thinking about that in that. It looks sequence. like a piece <clears throat> of shit. Like we think of Studio Fifty Four when we think of seventies disco, like like cavernous giant discos. And this is just looked like a. I don't know. Just a tiny little disco. It didn't. It was nothing too impressive. I wasn't. I was like, they could have upped the. But it that kind of made sense to me when, because I was thinking about it as like the whole. At least the first episode, which is all I've seen. Right. I, I know maybe it, it's a little bit different. Different director when it keeps going, but that first sequence, like it's all the universe or it's all the the realm of these kids they're kids right yeah they're high schoolers and they're like oh we're gonna sneak into this club and it's like they all know the one club that you can sneak into if you're in high school yeah and like if you i think back to high school like you're not going to sneak into the biggest club in town okay yeah i guess you might uh but i don't know i don't i'm not trying to make excuses for it i can see your it, it it was definitely something that I noticed that it was this tiny. What neighborhood is it in the Bronx? Is that where this is, or is it? I think that's what I kept yeah, okay. hearing. So maybe in the Bronx, that's what the clubs are like. But in like Manhattan, <clears throat> they would have been like 
but I mean, you know, glitzier, glitzier. And, glitzier. Yeah. This this show I would call a fantasy. Like this is a completely fictional version of New oh, York yeah. and the Bronx. Like it it is literally like a wasteland. Like the entire the savage warriors are roaming it, around. It like looks this, like Iraq this gang of or, feral children that just yeah. like yeah, it looks are like, now killing people. <laughs> it, it looks like Syria or something. It, you know, it's completely yeah. n- like New York City bombed out. Never looked like this. You know. This at this yeah. point, you know, this sort of widespread. It's definitely not Scorsese's New York of the seventies. It's very uh, sort of a theme. It makes it look like a theme park, sort of. Like there's different sections, and they all yeah. have, like, well, as we find out at the beginning, or sorry, at the end of uh, episode one, um, there's different DJs in these different sections, right, that are running the show. Like Grandmaster Flash, they're stealing records. Is uh, is the one where they are and that's why he, they have to assemble the team like go find the wordsmith yeah. grasshopper so is this show like Power Rangers kind of I hope that it's like they turn into Grandmaster Flash and the Fabulous Five and they're assembling a band right it's it's literally they're gonna yeah. battle all the other like is it like DJ Cool Herc and I like where it's going I like I'm I'm gonna keep watching it so yeah, I'll definitely. Hmm. It's so fun. I'll keep watching. Yeah, it seems really cool. Yeah, like, and I think it's a, mo- a show that people would probably just overlook. They just see that oh, this just looks like some musical thing. And there have been a lot of super trippy rated, bad, super R rated and stuff. It's cool. Yeah, there's a lot of bad music related movies and TV shows that have come out recently. Yeah, I mentioned vinyl last vinyl, week. Yeah, um, Roadies, the Cameron Crow one. <laughs> Roadies is. Um, these, this sounds brutal. It is basically like an airborne toxin, like to your, you know, to what? you, to a, a film lover. It's, it's, it gets in you, and you're just like, I can't breathe. This is so terrible. I don't, I don't think Almost Famous it, oh, that holds up anymore. I, we got to, we got to check yeah, that out. We got to revisit Almost. That's Famous what you hope for as a filmmaker. This is, like, right? That when people watch your stuff, they say, "Oh my god, I can't take it. It's so bad." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean Cameron Crowe, his best days are behind him. Uh, obviously, it, like he he, this was his last attempt at regaining some sort of um, dignity. Coming off of failed. Alo- coming off of Aloha, everyone's loving what he's doing. Yeah, Aloha, and then before that was like Elizabeth Town and a few other. It's going really, good, man. Yeah. Uh, so I I watched. Let me start with what I watched. I played some games. I can talk about those later. But Red. I've been teasing you. Yeah, what did you watch, man? What did you watch? This guy sends me a text. He's like, hey, I watched this crazy movie that you watched recently. I was like, oh, which one? Won't tell me. So tell I wa- me. Uh, I, I watched The Neon Demon. <laughs> oh, okay. Nicholas Winding Refn. Yeah, I got a chance to watch The Neon Demon. All right. What and, do you think? And I kind of dig it. Right? Wow. I, I kind of like it. I don't love it. I don't love it. I think Only God Forgives is way cooler. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought Only God Forgives was more interesting and was more compelling and felt a little more substantial. Interesting. Uh, this feels a little fluffy, and for good reason. It's a. It's like about and, fl- yeah, fluffy, about like vapid, vapid models. Yep. You know, in L.A. And uh, I thought there was some interesting ideas about you know the cycle of jealousy perpetuating itself. But this theme is told to you in the most bizarre way. And the movie, 
NWR films, the opening credits just have NWR just flashing over the... Like, it, it, it looks like the it, Yves Saint Laurent. It looks like a Victoria's Secret commercial, the opening credits, <laughs> with glitter and shit. Oh, yeah. It's it's pretty awesome. It's kind of like uh, the, a James Bond intro. It's like, take the Stranger Things intro, and take instead of having super awesome... Uh, red neon red neon have just glitter and uh like glitter and smoke yeah and like you know m- like cobble like the glass the frosted glass <laughs> uh the yeah, i thought the opening credits were pretty badass in this though but uh the movie doesn't really have anything substantial to say i think yeah it's not saying anything that we haven't already you know it's not innovative in that way um I, you know, it's about this unhealthy. Basically, Elle Fanning plays this new girl in town, Jessie. Everyone's jealous of her because she's perfect beauty. Yeah, which, which I, I don't. They, the I movie, didn't buy that part. The movie doesn't really sell you on it. She doesn't look happy. She doesn't look. She does, like the movie doesn't depict her as very beautiful. She, I didn't, and I don't like. She's not striking. Like you kind of imagine no. that someone. Anyways, no. Uh, so, what do you think the cougar in her bedroom means? Well, that's how smart people try to assassinate you in the Hollywood Hills, right? Because cougars break into motel cougar? rooms. All Isn't the a cougar time. an old woman who's trying to regain her true. youth? True, that's what it is. True. So Jess- Jesse comes home to her apartment or her hotel room one night and finds a mountain lion in her in her bedroom, in waiting her hotel. for her yeah. in the dark. Uh, you know, there's implications on who maybe have, has. To blame. The the movie has some crazy, like, audio-visual flourishes. Like, the middle of it, she looks like she goes to a Daft Punk concert. <laughs> like, when she... I believe the depiction of her going down the runway at a... At, I guess, is that what... That middle sequence where she, you know, it's just... Or it's like a photo shoot, or it's something to do with working in fashion. And she's just seeing weird triangles <laughs> floating in the darkness, and... Do you know what I mean? Like, she's being... She's fashioning. She's, like kissing herself in this weird prism and or she's shit. modeling that's modeling and and i guess it, it it in any other movie you'd be like this is so fucking pretentious and ridiculous why is she floating in these weird shapes but the modeling world already works for nicholas winding reference pretentious fucking ass anyways <laughs> um it's it, it's it's a great movie but i don't love it yeah it's i could see why people like i think it's way more approachable than only god forgives like this is just more of like a oh it's like a you know classic story of more you know, approachable female jealousy and horror you know horror movie you know surrounding female jealousy I guess is sort yeah, of the idea. And there's there's it doesn't have the violence that uh, that uh, that only God only God. I thought this was gonna be it's just, this is for a horror movie. This isn't actually that crazy. Um, the end is a bit. <laughs> the yeah. What do you make of the uh, the very end with the old Oh, remind me of what you're... Um, you have to do a spoiler alert? There's a scene at the end where uh, one of the characters and is sick someone and, mo- and throws uh, what's up... What's her name? Malone? Um, yeah, Jenna, Jenna Malone. Jenna Malone. Yeah, she plays the villain, I guess, in this. Very, very good performance. Mm. Very scary sequence involving her in a morgue. You talked about this on uh the show when you saw the movie it's unsettling in, super unsettling donnie darko's jenna malone yeah she's 
getting is this the, she's the, getting not afraid to last, uh, get her hands dirty. Was that get, the last movie she was in? Was Don Darko? It's she's she's not afraid to get freaky in the morgue at all. It's crazy. And wow. and uh she's bathing in some blood and there's a scene at the very end where one of the characters is sick and throws up a body part onto oh, the carpet. God. Uh, and then one character eats it. It's uh, whoa, okay. Yeah, well, I'll some, run out. To there's see some it. turns at the end where you're like, oh, mm-hmm. what? Yeah, yeah. It's I, awesome. I, I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, Red, what do you got? Well, uh, you already mentioned the get down, which uh, I I thought was fantastic, and people should watch. Um, but besides that, uh, I read something. You saw Hell or High Water. Well. Yeah, I did also see Hell or High Water. <laughs> okay, is that is that on your list? Yes. Okay. okay. Uh, but you but so, you read something. Well, well, look, I'll talk about Hell or High Water first because I've named it. So uh, that was fantastic. Okay, nice. Um, I it's one of those ones that's like a it stays with you and like you said, I can't think about any flaws. Mm-hmm. There was one sequence in the whole thing where I kind of was taken out of. My, you know, my suspension of disbelief was spoilery? sort of suspended. Uh, no, no, um, it, it's not. Um, but there's a sequence where they're driving in a pickup truck, um, and Ben Foster is driving, and the uh, Chris Pine is in the back, and he's speeding, uh, and they're going, you know, they're kind of going over humps, and they might be running through stop signs, and he's yelling from the back at his brother. And the audio stays perfect. You can hear both brothers' voices perfectly. And I was watching this, and the camera also perfectly follows the the truck. And I was watching that sequence, and I was going like, this is kind of like a sequence out of Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> well, I mean, there are some crazy sequences where the camera will actually catch up to them as they're speeding off. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, there's some really neat tricks. They it, I don't, I'm not sure how they did some of these shots. It's It looks like... They almost catch up to them. They they drive off and they have to actually mm-hmm. like catch up and they but they keep them in frame the whole time and yeah, very well done. Um, and I really liked th- looking at uh, a movie like this that takes place in West Texas where everybody has guns and yeah. how how that works. When I still haven't crime seen it, happens. So it's Wrong. all spoilers. <laughs> yeah, no, I, we're not. We're not. Spoiling I won't it. spoil it at all. I won't it, say anything. You know what? This. When I, when I see it, I will be sure to be wearing my suspenders of disbelief. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you can you can do that. They're rainbow colored. <laughs> nice. All of it like, is like Mork from Mork. All of it of feels uh, feels pretty believable and feels like real. Lived very in. real. Like they, it feels like they're pulling people right off the street for like a lot of these roles. Oh, cool. like this all could have been inspired by a true story, you know? The, one of those. The, the very creepy lady who's selling T-bone steaks with the weird droopy arms and stuff. It's, oh yeah, the rattlesnake that. Yeah. Oh wow, the waitress yeah. who's. A but you guys loved it. You're saying, you yeah, it's very good. It. Yeah, I will. It, it's, I will see it's, it. it's near flawless, as as we mm-hmm. as we said on the show. And it's a British director. Is that who did? It? That yeah, correct? David McKenzie. Yeah, which is interesting that cool. he has the insight into Southern mm-hmm. United States. Yeah. Um, but it's Taylor Sheridan, the writer of Sicario, is the oh, reason wow. why that's key. Cool, yeah. and it just, it makes West Texas look like like you think Texas is crazy. Like I think West Texas, like people in Texas, would say, oh man, West Texas is insane. Well, I think in, when when I was down when 
you know, they, they sort of have a different view of each part, like West, East, North, and South all look at each other differently. Like, and they all lay, it's kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's the, the scene where they break into the bank and everyone just has a holster with the gun in yeah, it. There's, like every person has a gun on their hand. And it's completely <laughs> legal. Like everyone is already in the bank with a gun. Like <laughs> there's the, the, the old man, I think he's in the trailer, so that's not spoiler. But like, <laughs> no, but it's just, you, you, it's, it's really awesome because you start to realize as the movie goes on that these two brothers are robbing the banks in the worst state that you would ever choose to rob banks in yeah like nobody like, has any money but they're robbing all the banks like you you won't go to vermont or something like that right now <laughs> like it's just it's amazing really good movie okay i will see it i don't need what them. else you got rob okay well i was trying to catch up on bojack horseman i'm part way through that and this season is even better than ever oh nice there's a couple of episodes that just they really went overboard like trying to just do something different um, one is uh, an underwater episode, I just say, <laughs> and another one uh, tackles abortion. And there's a very good a, a song about abortion in it, like sort of a Nicki Minaj style, like song about abortion. Nice. But I mean, I'm watching that. I I heard that show's actually like, really dramatic. It it's, is dark and dramatic. Yeah. yeah. It's it it does what a lot of other shows try to do when they skewer Hollywood and fame, and it does it very very well. I got to get it, back into it. I stopped watching yeah. after. There's three seasons now, maybe. That's the third season, I believe. So I'm watching that. I've been I've been reading some stuff. I was reading that comic book saga. Um, so Brian good. Brian K. Vaughn. So good. Are you I'm, caught up? Uh, no, I'm just. I have a, only in the two trade paperbacks. Mm-hmm. And I've I also, can lend you the rest. Oh wow! I would love that. Mm. I also bought a. I haven't read them yet, but I bought the new. Um, Dan Clow's graphic novel called Patience mm. and it's his first attempt at sci-fi and there's some time travel in it apparently. All right. So is it this nice? Is, I like, don't know. I haven't read people? it. I haven't read it yet, but um he's he's famous for Ghost World. That's his, you know, most famous comic book. Okay, okay. And he has a new movie coming out uh called Wilson which will be starring um Woody Harrelson and it's directed by the same guy who uh directed the movie The Skeleton Twins. I don't I don't know his name. Did you but say Woody Harrelson? Woody Harrelson. Harrelson? Yeah. Woody no. Harrelson? And then um, I also bought another comic called Prophet, which is another image comic, which Saga is under the same banner. And it's another space opera comic that the AV Club recommended to me, saying, why aren't you reading Prophet? It's the best comic going. So so you're... you're you Now you... You are reading. <laughs> yeah. I am reading. I'm, I'm just five pages into it. Yeah. So so Wired said, t- like, told you to do something, and you're like, if right. Wired tells me to do something, I always do it. And if AV Club tells me to do something, I always do it. I'm I'm just a a zombie, <laughs> consumer <laughs> zombie. Nice. I sent you an article about Wired. Yeah, yeah. About some new GoPro camera fucking, or something. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Um. I played some games. I played the Battlefield 1 beta. So I headed back to World War 1 this week. I okay. played some uh online like multiplayer. It's awesome. You're in Sinai Peninsula or something like that. You're in, you know, ancient not ancient in 1914 Egypt or whatever. Uh I'm digging it. It's amazing. You're flying these 
you know, biplanes around. Like open open uh, cockpit. Yeah. Like the Red Baron. Kind of. Yeah, for sure. You're, you're, you're driving these shitty ass tanks around. They're just these boxes with just, you know. How's the sound? Like Does it sound like? Yeah. You can hear the screech. Steam powered tanks. It's it's insane. This The sound effects are amazing. However, my, my issue with the game is just personal. It's just the guns, you know, the weapons, they don't have scopes. Uh, it's too realistic. It's yeah. They're you're a scopophile. Iron. You sights, love your scopes, right? It's iron scopes. It's all iron, iron sights. sights, and like they, they're, you know, they're going old school. Which it's I hope people. World War One. What do you want? Like a red dot sight on your. Kinda. Like Remington. I know you don't. It's not well, going to happen. But you know, even in yeah, Vietnam, they didn't even have that. So no, we got to wait a while. Yeah. If we're like going back to like we're rebooting all the way to World War One, and then you know going up through all the wars again. Yeah, unless you in, somehow invented a game that involved some kind of like time travel. It's gonna be a while before there's a red dot site back in the games, man. Didn't like a hundred, like um, maybe eighty years. Didn't from they now. have telescopic sights back then? Like they had telescopes, right? Like you know, even in the old ship, they had those. They pull out the Paris, the, yeah. you know, the telescope. No, no, there, there were the, sniper rifles. There, there right? are, there so are like there three, are three, three shots or something. There, yeah. there are one shot sniper rifles in this. Yeah, yeah, totally bold action. I also. Moving on, mm-hmm. I played a game called Abduction. Abduction or Abduction? Abduction with an O. Whoa. Ob- abduction? Abduction. Obduction. Not a word. Not a word. Yeah, this is... Let's <laughs> be clear here. Yeah, probably not a word, right? Uh, so this is... <laughs> they had already printed all of the cartridges or whatever, the, all the discs. <laughs> Somebody so they, was like, shit! Yeah. They, what, are abdu- they still called cartridges? I don't know. They just like, Abduction. O with an O, you mean? <laughs> Um. <laughs> so, what is this game you ask? Or if you can just, laugh. I did. I said that. Yeah. So, this is from the makers of Mist, the original team that oh. made Mist. Oh wow! They've made a new game, and it's spiritual successor. It's now the, I get the misspelling. It's yeah. It's the same thing. Uh, in, is it like Riven? In that, it's in this case you've been abducted. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> and uh, essentially, this this sort of. Uh, Western I guess abduction. There's no anal probes. Yeah, that's kind Maybe of the, that's difference. the difference. Exactly. Oh. That's the big difference okay, here. I don't. I'm not interested. <laughs> no, no one wants to be. Yeah. So they take <laughs> this entire town. They this old west kind of town, and they uh, these aliens have transported it to another planet of some kind. So you're you're sort of trapped in this alien planet. It's but, like Slaughterhouse Five. But all of all of the you know the saloon and the barns and all, you know the the sort of oh, cool all of the the Wild West architecture is like fused into this alien planet, and you're solving puzzles, checking shit out, turning the power back on, uh, and this of course is all 3D now. It's not Mist, which was essentially a slideshow, if you remember. Like literally, just your. You quick, could make it on PowerPoint. You could make it on PowerPoint. Yes. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> like the buttons and the puzzles would just link you to different cards, like different pages, or like different small animations. Like, you, what they did mm, use, if you guys uh, remember, a program called HyperCard. Uh, I don't know if you ever used HyperCard on Macs back in nope. the nineties. That's what they used, and I remember being like, I could make Mist. Fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Abduction, it's on uh, PC right now. I think it's coming to PlayStation. It's cool. Neat. Yeah, it's missed again. So if you but want when that I, cool. When I said neat there, I spelled it with two E's. Oh, just to be yeah. like sort of, it, yeah. You, could, you couldn't hear it though. Yeah. 
No, you can't. You can't tell when you, you when he says it. You could feel it. You could feel it. The game doesn't have the magic that the original had. You know, nothing kind of can. It, well, you know this, what? The, there's a million games out there that have like these sort of puzzle aspects, portal. You know, and like, no. I know it's not the same kind of vibe, but they've mastered the sort of first person puzzle game has been done. Mm-hmm. Well, you thousands know, of times. I'll tell you, I'm impressed. I will check it out. Oh man! Oh man! This is getting out of hand right now. All right. Well, I'm going to move things along. Because I'm out. I read a cool comic book that actually, well, let me tell you what it was first. It was Fight Club 2. Okay. This is what? a comic ba- like written by, like actually written by Chuck Palahniuk. Yes. Chuck Palahniuk is involved uh, along with others. Uh, I didn't write down the name, but you can look it up online if you're interested, people. Or just go to a comic book store and buy it because you shouldn't download this. It's worth supporting. Well, you can However, download it digitally. Just pay for it, man. Yeah, buy it. Just buy get some it. cash. It's a bit weird, though, but that's okay, right? Well, okay. okay. Fight Club is crazy. It's weird. He's a weird fellow. Yeah, Palaniac's really weird. I so, like a lot of his books. What's the setup? I call him normal. Uh, what's the setup of Fight Club 2? Like, is, is it about Jack? Is it about our protagonist? So, do you want to know his name? Oh man, is the whole book, like this? Is it spoilers? Like it like, starts with a spoiler. With like, look at him. He calls himself. I don't know. Should I? Should I say it? It's like the first page of the book. Yeah, first page. That's not a spoiler. All right. So okay. his name is he. Well, or he calls himself Sebastian. Okay. Hmm. So it's about Sebastian, and he's medicated, and Tyler is apparently like not there anymore, uh, and he and Marla have a very unhappy marriage but they're very normal and they have a nine-year-old son uh but marla's maybe a little bored and so starts to mess with his meds maybe meanwhile maybe also his psychologist is hypnotizing him for 50 minutes a week to bring tyler out to secretly run the world maybe okay yeah you just got me there so, okay, 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 okay. These two things might be happening at the same time. And things go from there. Oh, man, you just sold me on it. So, the idea that somebody, you know, is trying to sort of go all Wayland Corporation on Tyler Durden and use him as a weapon. Well, more so that Marla Singer wants to get fucked. <laughs> like, she wants to have... She's insane. Yeah, she's she, one of the she most... misses ins- the crazy sex of Tyler Durden. She's, she's, I guess Sebastian is a little bit tame. But, like, one of the craziest characters in film history, perhaps. Just most demented. Oh, d- just depicted so perfectly yep. on film. I mean... I, well, I mean, let's say Fincher's interpretation was... It was one of the best text-to-screen... Oh, yeah. Uh, ...that I have ever seen. You know, I don't, I don't know many that do it that improve. It was so good. Although there's, I gotta say, in Fight Club Two, uh, Palaniuk himself is in the book. There's a lot of really they're very meta. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, there's, it's so it's disconnected. It's like being inside a crazy person's head a lot of the time. There's stuff spilled across the top of the page. Like pills and stuff, so you can't even read all the dialogue. So it was written as a comic. Like that's the first pro- publication as a comic book. Yeah, it's it, they, they. He wrote it, it you know, intended uh, to be. Yeah, 
Hmm. Yeah, so it, the was, art it was, was done. It's not adapted from. It was all well, done together. Now I have an idea for yeah. a crossover movie. Maybe comic book first, then crossover. Fight Club versus Train Spotting. Fight, hey? Fight Club versus, versus Train Spotting. I, I, I like the idea of versus. Yeah, can you see? Like, you got the cover already in your head, right? I kind of dig it. Boy, I kind of dig it. Or yeah. or or maybe Fight Club versus uh, Clockwork Orange. Ooh, yeah, there's many. That's maybe many, cooler. There's maybe many. many. Well, I like that better. How about maybe. this? That a Clockwork Orange takes place after the events of Fight Club and Fight Club mm-hmm. Two. Yeah, Fight Club Two does some really interesting things with. And they uh, pray. They so, pray to Tyler Durden as a god. Well, so in in. So people felt there were different reactions to the ending of the movie Fight Club and to the book ending, which is slightly different. And then there are people that didn't know the ending is different in the book. And that's all addressed in the comic. Hmm. And there are anyone that has issues with any endings with Fight Club 1 or with Fight Club 2, it's handled very deftly in that you know, the, the, he he uses this meta aspect to. Did you finish reading it, it? Yes, I read. I, I I've read the whole thing. It's just one graphic novel, right? It's you all, can. It's all available in a bound hardcover now. Nice. Wow. It was done in in uh, in like small issues, and then it was collected into trades. Okay, but I got awesome. the, I bought the hardcover because Fight awesome. Club is my favorite. I'm into it. Awesome. I'm okay. there. Yeah. Uh, I think that should do it. Unless you guys have anything else, I'm spent. Yeah. Nope. Wow. Some Done. film. Some film news for you guys. Whew. Let's do it. That's actually really Next time you're on a plane. Okay, guys. So there's some news. Not a heck of a lot. Is there? Uh, yeah, there is. Uh, Gene Wilder passed away. Oh, yeah. Very sad news. Yeah. I think sad. some people probably... I, I For a while, I thought he already had passed away. I remember well, looking it up a year or two ago. Oh, no, he he's was, still with us. Yeah, he's, he was sort of out of the public eye, I think, because of his Alzheimer's. For a long time, right? For all intents and purposes, he had died probably about 20 years ago. But it had only been actually... Um, made public now 
that he because he had, no one knew anything about him. He wasn't doing anything because he had severe Alzheimer's. Yeah, so basically he was not active in our collective subconscious. So he might as well have been dead. Well, it's just yeah, when people retire, you know? like they don't ever have a, an official retire. Like Gene Hackman, date. is he still alive? Gene, Gene Hackman, he is still alive. And uh, okay. the last movie he did was Welcome to Mooseport. Oh, Welcome to Mooseport with Ray Romano. <laughs> uh, yeah, it just it sort of sucks when like a, you know, I think uh, Joe Pesci. I don't know, like, is he? What's he? The doing? last I heard of Joe Pesci. Okay, uh, there's a good story on the Mark Marin podcast. Um, Louis C.K. was trying to get Joe Pesci for um, uh, Horace and Pete, and basically uh, Joe Pesci told Louis C.K. that. Uh, you're not funny. You're stand-up comedy. Stop doing that. You're not funny. It's not good. And he also told him that uh, the show was terrible. He didn't want to be in the part, but he told him how he could fix it. So basically, Joe Pesci is well, still alive. Nice yeah. And he was like, you know, um, it was pretty bizarre him saying all that stuff to me. But actually, a lot of the, the stuff he told me was actually good. Like his critique was good of the of the show. But yeah, Joe Pesci is alive and well. Is still a curmudgeon. Hmm. curmudgeonly yeah. pesci yeah. yeah he he retired i think sort of officially <laughs> well you know what who like he was supposed to be the alan alda character in horace and pete and you know what alan alda fucking killed it joe pesci wouldn't have done one tenth of good of a job as alan alda yeah, did so it's pesci good that he was... you hear that pesci you hear that pesci you're done you're he... done pesci you're a bum he was never that talented of an actor. You're like a slouch. I mean, he's a great actor, but only in a very narrow sense, right? I yeah, think like, some of these actors realize that that's out of their depth, and they're just gonna like just be terrible at it. So they kind of have this ego saying, "No, I don't want to do it." That's a terrible script. When actually they themselves are the terribleness. Is that like De Niro's kind of trying too hard to be like a regular actor? Yeah, I mean, just do dumb shit all the time. The, the one's the last. I mean, I'm, I want to get into Trebekah someday, so I'm not going to say too much stuff. <laughs> you want to get into about... De Niro's festival? Yeah. Um. So, you guys hear about the Uncharted movie? You know, there were. Well, the... I heard that it got. Yeah. Shelved. Yeah. Basically, that's the story. Really. <laughs> so there's been an Uncharted film in development for literally years at this point. Uh, and to me, that's a really dumb idea. I don't know why you would ever do an Uncharted movie since well, you Because the games are just like a movie. It, it doesn't make sense. You would just remake the scene, the cutscenes into one... Yeah. Is that what you would I, do? I know I know what you guys are all thinking. We need a reboot of Romancing the Stone before we need an I Uncharted maybe. movie. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, maybe. I, had, I don't have... There's not enough Michael Douglas, like, swinging on vines... Yeah. In the jungle. Yeah. Well, I just think if you want to make a movie version of Uncharted, you can. Okay, I already did it. I already made three of them. It's called the Indiana Jones trilogy. Exactly. Although I didn't actually yeah, like, make is it. Yeah, like isn't that where the game came from? Like it sort of was inspired well, perhaps it, like, by do you, the... It's sort of, hey, do you want a playable version of, you know, the experience of being Indiana Jones and, you know, jumping and swinging and shooting and whipping and... It's kind of like Tomb Raider as well. Yeah. In that sense. Yeah. I mean, the problem with a lot of video games that are adaptations of films is they're terrible. So this was the first one that was sort of an adaptation of uh, Indiana Jones, but it just wasn't named as such. And then it became so awesome that they're like, oh, wow. Well, let's make a movie of it. No, it was already an adaptation of 
Yeah, the st- the story would be terrible in this. Yeah, you know, like it's yeah. like an arcade already an adaptation adaptation of something. Don't an, be fucking it, idiots. It's basically an arcade game, and the story like oh we have to get some sort of where where the guys are drinking that blue sap. Oh yeah, like <laughs> do you know so like, turning about, into like, the like I mean, superhuman abominable snowman guys? Like if, if you think about the the Tomb Raider, it's movies, <laughs> There are two Tomb Raider movies. Um, are either of them very good? Uh, no. They they might be the 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 first Tomb Raider movie might be the best video game movie ever made though. That's true. But really? Well, yeah, it's a low bar. It's well, a very low bar. I think what they should do is do what they've done with Uncharted a lot more, but just not say it's an adapt an adaptation of a movie. Just call it something else, so they can have their own artistic license and go off on different tangents oh, so that they, they want to do. So make a movie that's just inspired by Uncharted, but it's not called Uncharted. Yeah, so that there's no pressure on you. The same way that they made Uncharted, but didn't call it Indiana Jones. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then therein lies your success. This, you're and right. write all three of us a big check. We have distilled the essence. So they are going forward with a movie, uh, and it's uh, starring uh, Alicia Vikander, uh, and it's uh, called Tomb Raider. Oh, okay. Nice. And That'll be better. And as we know, Alicia Vikander is such a badass... As she proved to be in Jason Bourne. Like, did she? Was, I didn't see it. No. No, she did you, not prove useless. to be a badass. Useless. Did you? Did she? She, she kind of, she might have punched somebody in uh, The Man from Uncle. I haven't seen that. Yeah. I, I haven't she, seen that I either. I think she punches someone. Um, so, guys, Stranger Things Season 2 is officially a go. A go. Green light. Thumbs Yay. up. <clears throat> in, in, like, maybe the least surprising news, like, yeah. ever. Right? Well, I heard this. Like the 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 president of Netflix, like a couple of weeks ago, or at least last week, was quoted as saying that not doing a season two would be quote dumb. Yeah, I mean it's it's like okay, it's as if um <laughs> as if Scott uh, got a first date with Alicia Vikander and then he <laughs> said yes to a second date. That's how predictable this is you know okay like, yeah, yeah it would be like it's, it's yeah. like that it's like like it's like, like we were really worried he would say no to a second date to a right green account. lighting season two is like if the the date went well and alicia was like yeah hey scott yeah. i had a really good time and uh, i think that we should do this again so and, that and he was like <clears throat> and, and and it would just be as simple as that i guess and you were like no okay yeah. like why wanna... were they holding this information back for so long it's like we all knew yeah, it makes no sense to not do it's it. It's like they just greenlit like 10 like Adam Sandler things and then they're, um, this is like yeah, this is something that, that they're holding back information about. It's like whatever. Yeah, the internet knows. I mean, Netflix knows exactly what's going to be profitable and what's not, I guess. Just they don't release those numbers, right? Speaking of things that are going to be profitable, something that recently came out on Netflix. I have yet to watch, but people should know. Narcos season two. Yeah, it came out Friday. Nice. I haven't seen. I'm looking forward to it. I'm interested to find out what happens to Pablo Escobar. <laughs> so very interested to stay what? on because there's nowhere else you could ever there's, find that information. Only through, only through Netflix can you yeah. find out. Mm-hmm. Um, so they did release um, like after green lighting season two. You know, like Stranger Things is basically already like they maybe have already shot it or they're already. Almost I, done. I don't know how yeah, much of it. Probably. But they have all of the episode titles. 
Oh, wow. All nine of them are already released. Uh, and the episode one, tell me what you guys think of these episode titles. Okay, regale us. Starting with episode, season two, episode one of Stranger Things is going to be called Mad Max. Oh, wow. What? So the kids see the movie Mad Max? They I, try to, like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. They, they definitely would be watching uh, The Road Warrior because it would be 1984 at this point. So yeah. they'd be seeing the, you know, they'd be maybe the best one VHS version of Mad Max 2. Yep. So episode one, Mad Max. Episode two, The Boy Who Came Back to Life. Episode three, The Pumpkin Patch. Episode four, The Palace. Episode five, The Storm. Episode six, The Polywog. Episode seven, The Secret Cabin. Episode eight, The Brain. And episode nine, The Lost Brother. And there's nine episodes yeah. in total? Wow, they're the all on there. The Polywog. The Polywog is apparently Patton Oswalt's episode. Uh, oh, wow. He, he tweeted that he was joining the cast. Holy Which seems crap. like every actor in Hollywood would say, can I be on this awesome show right now? Uh, They'd be like, hey, are you <clears throat> yeah. uh, 11? And, they, yeah. and you go, no. And they go, well, then no. And you, Patton Oswalt said, I lived it. I was there in yeah. 1983. I was the same age as these kids. I lived it. You have to have me in the they, cast. They should just do like a nerd aptitude test for every yeah. actor coming in and like test all of your nerd knowledge. <laughs> I'm just picturing Patton Oswalt walking up and be like, oh, I can ace this. Um, okay, I have all the Infinity Gauntlet gems uh, memorized. Uh, I know every member of the Justice League, the Avengers. Like his, his, He's um, got cred. He, he knows. Well, no, he should just put, you know play the YouTube video of him. His filibuster. His filibuster that got cut from Parks and Rec. Oh, yeah. That's just basically That's one of the best. Star Wars is part of the Marvel Universe, essentially, is what the... The That's, gist of it was, right? That was so entertaining to listen to. If people, if you haven't heard this, just go and search the internet for uh, Patton Oswalt uh, nerd filibuster. Yeah, it's amazing. And enjoy. Uh, are you guys worried at all about season two of Stranger Things? Is there the possibility that we have another true detective situation no, uh, going on? They no, they're will, not switching They will the not pull the true detective. They will. That will not happen. I, I cannot see that happening. Why? Because they're, what happens was they basically gutted the creative team of True Detective. And, okay, that's fair. And re sort of like try to re, you know, like tried to reproduce it with yeah, reproduce it with other people. people. Like like so, you take this guy who's a master director, um, and then you bring in like Justin Lin from the. Fast and, and the Furious. Okay, but like, now that we're could talking. Never work. We're that talking. Are we talking Scott's favorite director? At this point, we're talking about the master directors, the Duffer Brothers. How dare you call yourselves the Duffer Brothers? Like, who are you? We don't know who you are. You can't just be the Duffer Brothers. Like, that implies that, like, I bet you when, when this came out, people go around, you know, it's directed by the Duffer Brothers, right? Who are yeah. they? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> like, But they are brothers and the last name's Duffer. I, I know, so I know. They, it they, just adds a bit of weight that comes out of nowhere. Like, who yeah, are you? It's you not as pretentious as, like, the brothers Duffer. But isn't it just them calling, they call themselves the Duffers, not even the brothers? Like oh, the man. Duffers? Or oh, just man. Duffers. Okay, Duffers. But, but, like, not to dwell on this too much, uh, my question is how much George Lucas shit is going on here how much of of their original vision is just these eight episodes that they made and then oh what the fuck do we do for like season two or did they always know i think this we, oh we we have this awesome idea for season two that we had all along this feels like a for, sort of fleshed out uh story to i me. don't to me the like last... they have an arc because 
one of the things that I love about Netflix is people will come to Netflix sort of with the idea and say like, you know, we see this being four seasons and Netflix will give them four seasons. It's not like when you're on network television where they want you to go on for 20 years and your show ends up going to shit and jumping over sharks. (laughs) Get it? But yeah, you get Um, quality shows because you get the same writing team. I don't know what happened with True Detective, well, but one, the director's not going to switch. I just learned one. a very disturbing fact this week about Netflix. So you know Chelsea Handler? She's got her own show in there. Chelsea? <sighs> yeah, um, Chelsea. She was on Mark Marin, and then I looked up, so what is she getting paid? Uh, apparently she's getting paid $10 million a year for her show on Netflix. Oh, my God. Does anyone watch this thing? I don't know. Apparently it's goes on like three times a week or something. She like travels the world and does... I've, I've never watched it, but... Okay, I, so I've... I, I got to say that I've read at least one of her books. Yeah. Um, I read it uh, on somebody's Kindle on a beach one day. It took me like an hour. Nice. Um, That's not a book then. It was given... Like it was... The person said, it's funny. And so I read it and it's not funny. It's... It's like the tale of a really, really, like, bad person who just, like, an, a compulsive liar uh, and... You're just not a fan is what no, it No, I just, down to. She, she, I just was, I thought, this is not entertaining, and so now I don't enjoy any of her programming. So any of, like, these, these, these episodes, like, any episode she releases comes out, like... Like several times a week. I, think I thought it's like three times a week. Okay, because Netflix. I, I I didn't know they were doing that sort of multi. It's a global talk show or that's something. that's cool something. if they do that because yeah. mm. there's a talk show coming from on, on the docket here. We also have uh, Bill Nye's talk show. Oh wow, out. he's the best. I've, I've heard about that. Yeah. Bill Nye saves the world. It's a Netflix talk show, like in the vein of Jimmy Fallon or Conan. You know, like David like Letterman, John Oliver. Um, I I guess yeah, he's gonna have guests on, but Maybe talk probably about more straight. I science, imagine it seems like a great idea. Yeah, who doesn't well, love we, Bill Nye? We the science need guy? him now more than ever. And I think there's modern society. But does. I think a Netflix. If you're listening, you got bugs in the room. You can hear what I'm saying. They need a show like John Oliver, as you said, or like yeah, uh, you know, John Stewart. They need like a weekly show that has a guy or a girl at a desk saying comedic political real shit into the lens like they need a a competing show you know that goes up weekly and this will be good because and if bill nye doesn't have to be like g general like he can be restricted like say whatever he wants i don't know if that'll be great it'll probably be a little more pretty angry though yeah but it's it's not gonna be some r-rated stuff right it's probably gonna be an all-ages sciencey kind of thing right no well it's he's attacking the uh christian right and all these like the anti-intellectual. I hope so. Um, he's he's sort of movement. like yeah. He's. I hope there's some debate. He's a with hero the for creationist warming. Yeah, and he's a hero mm-hmm. for you know keeping creation out of the classroom and it's good stuff. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. Yeah. Um, there's a let the right one in TV series coming. Rob, I thought you might appreciate that. Really? One. Oh, I love the movie, the original there's just, movie. There's like Let Me In is the American remake. Never saw it, never will. You know, I'll just, die without seeing it. There's a Lethal Weapon TV Actually, show. Actually, kill coming. me now so I don't have to see it. <laughs> there's just too many TV shows coming based on movies. It's out of control. Lethal did, Weapon. Did you say there's lethal a Lethal Weapon, weapon TV show? Yeah, yes, Lethal I, Weapon. Yeah. It like they shouldn't call it Lethal at like this point. Like with Mel Gibson? Maybe they should no. call it like um 
like what you know it's like kind of like Danny mildly Glover. dangerous weapon it, it doesn't look like it just looks like a cop show and then if they didn't yeah. tell Chris you Tucker? if they didn't tell you it was lethal weapon there already is a rush hour Joe TV. Pesci? there already is a rush hour tv show with, with chris tucker no and jackie chan no of course not so what? No, well, I just, I just hope they. I, have I'm it. just highlighting for those of you listeners who haven't picked up on it. I'm highlighting why these <laughs> these vehicles are terrible. Um, <laughs> They're missing key ingredients. So, speaking of Jackie Chan, he was just announced that he's going to be receiving an honorary Oscar. Yeah, like a lifetime. Oh, come on! Or there's there's an award that he's getting. It's right? just, it's literally called an, the honorary Oscar, I believe, is what. Uh, the honorary they, award. They have that now, and like, so, like you're not talented enough, but you've just been around a while. You've made enough movies. We got to give you something. An honorary he does, Oscar. like all zone stunts, man. <clears throat> I think that's probably how they're gonna. Uh, that's how the, a that's, lot of people are gonna go down. Like it's like. Well, no, I think that's how they're gonna frame the award for Jackie Chan. Is, and is, he, he transitioned from like Hong Kong to <clears throat> comedy Hollywood. comedies and like action. Or, he's one of the highest paid, like he or he's worth. If you look at Hollywood actors and their net worth, he's worth among the highest. Mm-hmm. I get. I, it's. I'm just. It's going to be interesting to see how they sort of frame the award. Who else is worthy of an honorary Oscar then? Too like who else would you guys want to have an honorary Oscar? Mm, well, I think they're they're giving it to several people. I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Really? So this is going to be are like they? a. These are all like punchlines. Like these are basically any of their names are a punchline. But to at me, some point. Jackie Chan to me is like. You could name other people, but they all kind of wish they were Jackie Chan. Like you want to say Bruce Lee, you know, he's Bruce Lee was more talented, but not yes. famous or didn't make as much money. Right. Didn't do as much to change film necessarily. Yeah, this seems, say? this does seem like an interesting, maybe like a play to China a little bit like, Hey, let's, but it's, you got to admit that's like, the market now. Your Chinese market is going to watch this, ep- you know, making this that connection is huge awards show. Right? It's going to do big in China now. Well, I mean, it's it's a smart move. He's he's his movies that I, I remember in the '90s, like watching First Strike. I think we talked about earlier. You love this one, yeah. You, you no, want but, it. But think about his. It, there was a time in the '90s where he was just like Rumble in the Bronx, uh, which was filmed here. Yeah. What else? There yeah. wasn't one other one. You can see, you know, across to uh, Queens, and there's the North Shore Mountains. I hope they they change it to rom- Rumble in Gastown. Oh my God. No one would like. No one. No one will know back in Hong Kong. Who cares? Yeah, it's awesome. They don't. They don't go to Vancouver. <laughs> oh wait. Um, <laughs> ben Affleck revealed that Deathstroke is going to be in Justice League. I don't know what I just said. I don't know anything. Uh, Deathstroke is. No, yeah, you're that. talking like um, I need a like a Rosetta Stone to yeah, interpret I, what you're saying. I don't know either. I just said it. That's good. That's good. But Red Red might be able to make some copy. That's good copy. Red Red might be able to make some sense of what I. I'm pretty sure Deathstroke is the guy that Deadpool was invented to make fun of. Okay, like Deadpool's Wade Wilson. I think Deathstroke is like Slade Bilson or something. (laughs) Okay. Um, John Favreau is back in uh, Spider Man. Homecoming. Do you remember how he? Remember how John Favreau used to be in the Iron Man movies as like his yeah. assistant, but he was also the res- director. The reason that they were good. Yeah, he's ha- Happy Hogan, I believe. His his back. Uh, and then there's also a Westworld trailer that came out. I don't, yeah, this isn't really new news, but oh. I, I knew you guys maybe wanted to talk about this a bit. This 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 show looks fantastic. Well, I only recently saw 
the uh, like Michael Crichton original. So yeah, you are fresh off of that, and then yeah. this is a perfect time for the you know the updated HBO oh. R-rated bunch of boobs and sex and heads caving in with hammers and, and like, shotguns. What does it mean to be a human or a or like what is a robot? Brilliant, right? We oh, we talked it looks through text. So good. It, it's like take the best version of the material, right? Like take the yeah. Update up, like improve every aspect of the original. Well, you guys have not seen Humans yet, have you? The B, the uh, AMC series. I think I saw the first episode of that. It's, I watched the first season. It's really good. It's good stuff. Yeah. Eh? So if you want to have the whole, um, the thing about you know, um, androids and they're like how they servants fit into society. <clears throat> they really go deep with it, and it's it's a really good show. This show, Westworld seems so dark and violent and oh, intense. the Will Brenner character. Who's that actor? Um, well, we have Ed Harris and Ed Anthony. Harris. Yeah, Ed Anthony Harris Hawkins is like was waiting for this role all yes. of his life because when Yul Brenner did it, like you know, Ed Harris became the new Yul Brenner, and he's like, yeah, hopefully they do Westworld one day. Now we can die happily after this. Um, so. Speaking like I, I don't want to curse this. The, the 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 connections to Blade Runner are obvious, right? With Westworld, some some of the some similar themes. It let's feels say. like they're taking Westworld and then bringing in an interesting philosophical angle of, like you said, what it means to be human. And it's what, a deeper exploration, it's rather than sure. just oh, they're robots, kill them. Like it's 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 more like what if these what do these robots feel about their predicament? How do they feel about being? slaves and in and this that's only started to be theme explored park. in the last five years like people are really thinking about what happens well no, i mean what since is blade, ai with, if robots are mistreated or you know. 30 years ago with blade runner right you know nothing has been that deep since then i guess They've, yeah there's been a lapse in yeah the sort of um uh, so i don't i don't want to jinx the whole situation we got coming up i don't want to but I, well, we got I, Denny Villeneuve I, to help I, us. That's through. what I'm saying. So Denny Villeneuve is doing Blade Runner two. I hope that we don't live in a reality where the better movie or the better programming is Westworld. So I hope not. Next year, when we're watching Blade Runner two, we don't say to ourselves, "Well, who would have thought that Westworld turned out to be a better Blade Runner movie than the sequel that we got?" But okay, so if the thing is, if Denny Villeneuve gets to do what he wants to do. Like, okay, because the thing is, Deli, Denny Villeneuve has made a career be way before Hollywood. So he is already has his vision. He's not some guy they can push around. Like, he's like, I'll just go back to making films in Quebec. Fuck you guys. Yeah, he's going to do know, whatever he, he wants. He does not, he is, he's not riding, his career is not riding on this, okay? Like, he is already a made man. Like, he is already one of the best directors. Like, he's the best director to come out of Canada. Yeah, probably ever. Ever. Or at least David Cronen since yeah. David Cronenberg. Uh Yeah, I mean you've got yeah. um Avatar man there. I think I, I don't you know, know if I agree with I you like though. Him. Like yeah. this this might make or break his career in a but weird way. Thing if it's is, bad, though, he's gonna get nailed to the wall. If it's bad, he goes back to making French language films and he's got his no one would even care about Blade yeah, Runner. That are as good as this one. Oh, I can't wait. Guys. But you know what? It's not gonna be bad. It's not I don't see how it could be. Roger Deakins, and like he's on a consistent like Denis Villeneuve. If you chart his movies in terms of just badass, just you know, stacking way up each time, like hitting home runs. Although I think Sicario maybe drops down from 
enemy and prisoners. But that's okay. But you know what? Thinking back Arrival's about- going to kick some serious f- smoke, oh, man. Oh, man. I cannot <sighs> wait. Fuck, man. This guy, hey, you know what? I got Blade Runner 2 coming out, but don't worry. I also, in my back pocket, in the meantime, literally in my back pocket, made maybe one of the best sci-fi movies of the last decade. But you gotta go, say, like, I, I don't know. Oh, we, but, but we I have a surprise yet. for you. <laughs> this in my back pocket. I didn't tell you, but I, I made this other science fiction movie, and everyone says it's the best. Okay, you're warmed up. What are yeah. we? What are we reviewing, uh, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, after the break, uh, we are going to be uh, reviewing Ensemble. Uh, So that was a clip from Encendie. Uh, a dying Middle Eastern woman living in Montreal leaves separate letters to her twin children to be read once she passes away. Uh, Jean is to deliver hers to the father the twins never knew. Uh, and Simon is to give her uh, his to the brother that they never knew they had. Simon. Simon. Uh, the siblings travel to the Middle East separately where they each experience acts of brutality, uncover a startling family history, and have revelations about themselves. Damn. Alcindy is directed by Denis Villeneuve, and it stars Lubna Azabal, Melissa Poulain, uh, Maxime Godet, and Remy Girard, who I think I've seen him before. The no- yeah, he's been in a lot of stuff. Like uh, Maybe he's been in... Um, the Notary. Other uh, French-Canadian Canadian, films. Yeah. Like Denny Arcan's mm-hmm. movies, maybe. Who knows? Uh, so this is this is just to me has been known as Denny one of Denny Villeneuve's you know first pictures, the one that sort of put him on the map before he just busted out with Enemy and Prisoners. There was always this one that was looming back, and this what is this one? It's a French Canadian film. Oh, you want to talk about punchy material? Ooh, yeah. Uh, guys, let's go around the room. Red, you just saw this for the first time, as did I. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was your decision to go with this one. Yeah. Do you think it was a good idea? Absolutely. I think that uh, this movie was really, really 
awesome. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Um, I mean, it's got some some darker elements to it, definitely, um, but handled so well. I mean, I it was it's. I can't think of another movie. You don't even know where to start here, do you? There's there's one other movie that handles something similar. We, it's spoilers not for both movies, about. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, like it's something that is uh well, I, I I I'm going to I'm going to stop there because the the spoiler aspect for this one yeah, is pretty it, heavy, isn't the it? The spoiler aspect is like, like at an all time high for this. So you, you don't want to read any summaries of the plot at no. all going into this. Well, actually, sorry. If there's one there's one line that stands out uh, in my memory, uh, one of the and the, the way it was translated, my, my subtitles were were really really great. By the way, okay, uh, good. I, I, uh, I thank you for uh, lending me that mm-hmm. copy. Of the DVD, um, or Blu-ray? Yeah, I guess it was. But um, the 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 mother when when she's visiting and the mother says to her like you're looking for your mother, or you're looking for your father, but you don't know who your mother was. And but you don't even know who your mother was. Yeah, yeah. Just delivered with like such contempt. Yeah, and that that sums up the whole plot of the movie, the whole theme. That is, whole scene, every how everything turns. She goes in and it's all good and well, they're every, having a cup of tea. Everybody in this movie is is searching for someone, a family member, but clouded in total uncertainty. You know, oh. like just they don't even know the identity of their, you know, the family member they're looking for at, at certain points. Right. The way it's explained by the math professor is is really exceptional i think in the beginning and he's talking about oh that's the unknown variable you mm-hmm. know you never start with the unknown variable and this jean, is pure mathematics because jean, jean the one of the twins is a mathematician she's a professor's assistant yeah and uh yeah he's like you gotta think about it in, as an equation and just yeah solve there's the so equation. many themes that locked in and and move perfectly together uh, one of the other, like when they were the notary was reading um the letter at the start he was saying that she said Youth is like a knife in the throat. It's hard to remove or something. Wasn't that was a quote or something? Oh, yeah. Wasn't there some crazy quote like... Yeah, youth is like a knife in the throat. I can't remember the end of it. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of stuff there that feels like the words of someone spouting nonsense on their deathbed. But then he keeps saying, like, it's not. You don't make this stuff up in a will. Yeah. These, yeah. these things are sacred. Um, Before we can, like... Continue here. Yeah. I, can can I just can we t- quickly talk about the opening sequence to this movie? Oh, yeah. the o- oh can we God. talk about the opening shot and the 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 initial sort of musical montage, the the Radiohead track that plays at the beginning? Yeah, oh. let's do it. What do you guys think of this scene? So, I just thought it was so powerful. <laughs> like the stare from the kid is so haunting. Oh. And then how they sort of twist his head down and then he glares back up at the camera with his eye, you know, as he's sort of staring down as they finish yeah. shaving his head. Uh, this little dirty looking, ooh. like probably eight or nine year old boy. Getting turned into a child a soldier. A soldier shaving his head. What, what do you guys think the purpose of this sequence is at this? Like, why would you start the movie with this? What does it do? Well... The, to start the movie with this, it's like you're you're getting into the motivation of what a child must go through. Uh, they're an orphan. They don't 
know who their parents are. They're kind of at, well, does he know who his parents are? That whole scene, all, all the questions, like what I think you're highlighting is that you're, you have all these questions, like you're seeing soldiers yeah. and kids and you're thinking, what just happened? Nothing and good. Where right? does a child soldier come from? Like we're thinking, and so this And how movie, does it fit into this story? Yeah, what's happening now? The movie and what just tries happened? to tell us how these, uh, because we always hear the Western perspective of this stuff, and this is the Eastern perspective or the Middle East perspective of how is a child soldier created. And this movie, I think it did a really great job of getting into that mindset. Like what, like these are not born monsters, these people. They're created through circumstance, and this was showing part of that circumstance that created this child soldier who becomes a <clears throat> character in the it, movie. Yeah, we know we know that a child has been compromised, kind of like we we have been told. Okay, well, you know, we, we at least have been given a clue that some child has been turned into a soldier at some point in the story, and then we do also get the markings of the three dots on the heel. Later on, yeah. we see that. Which comes into play. But we do see that in the opening scene, if you remember. There's, no, on the boy's heel, yes. There's we a, see a quick that, shot that's completely out of context at that point in the we movie. We see that there are three yeah. spots on his on the back of his foot. Well, at the start of this film, I was like... Radiohead is my favorite band. So, watching this, and... I mean, there's a Radiohead fan. You know, you get all... There's all this baggage with you. Like, it's a so much to Radiohead. Like, they're very political. They're heavy it's, band. Like, yeah, they're very heavy. So by the director choosing that song, you know, you're in for a fucking heavy ride. They, about, it's you like, and whose army. About world politics. Yeah. And yeah. you know it's not it's not going to be uh, something like, a, what's, what's that movie that you just saw with Jonah Hill and... Oh, War Dogs. War Do- you know it's not going to be War Dogs. Yeah, yeah. You know this is... Um, a deep uh, dive into mm-hmm. uh, a subject. Yeah. And Radiohead right away, you know, like Billboard, you know, the Radiohead's involved with this, it's going to be fucking deep. It grabs, go it, claws it, in deep. It, well, it grabs you immediately. It's yeah. and, insane. And the it's very effective. brilliant camera work and you're just like, yeah. That we're, slow crawl in. I'm in. Yeah. I'm all in five seconds into it. Exactly. Like, yeah. And then the, you got me. the way that it calms down when we when we zoom into the office of the notary and we just push into him silently, you know, staring at the... He's got his forehead against the... the all the folders. Yeah. And he's just going through... And it's essentially for him, what do we got today? He's going through, you know, all of these wills and he's like, well, let's go through. Who, who are we today? And he pulls out a yeah. file and this is basically the story that we get is, you know, who is he... Who's who is he notarizing? You know the death of today, basically, uh, and then we get the quest: go find your father and the brother that you never knew that you had. Which we find out moments later is crazy because apparently the father like what a riddle. They say, Our father died in the war, and I don't have a brother. What a simple idea that that is, but then what a riddle it truly becomes. What it turns out to unravel. Rob, you love this movie. You said it's a masterpiece yeah well i mean i love this movie because it i mean there's so i mean such there's a lot of individual scenes that are just master works that you could study uh and by a directing point of view an acting point of view but it's you know the word um well it's 
I mean, I don't, it like the word epic is used a lot, but the scale of this movie is so huge. I mean, it's like Lawrence Arab- of Arabia scale done on a like $6.5 million Canadian budget. Like yeah, it's, it's very impressive. It is. It's based on a play, I guess. But the reason I love this movie is because it, instead of this it time, it is so confident in yeah. its message that it is, it is, you believe everything from the first second to the last second. There's some leaps of logic, sure, in it, but you're just like, you know what? This is um, the message. Uh, the person that wrote the play is like, okay, let's show what the effects of war are and the effects of uh, religious dogma are. Let's show all that, you know, and the oppressed and the oppressor. There's all these different forces. And it, it, I mean, to me, it's like, it's important because it, it shows how art can interpret politics, you know, and, and, you know, there's always the facts and everyone tells you the facts and there's all these different sides of the equation. But when you get to the heart of a matter and it becomes a very personal story, a personal story is more powerful to you than all of these warring left and right voices and uh, partisan voices, you know? And that's why a movie like this is very important is because it, it tells you uh, you're, you are going through the journey with that person and the choices that they make, you see why they make those choices. It feels even more relevant now with like what's going on in Syria and like people immigrating from yeah, exactly. Syria to Canada and what that brings, you know, the emotional baggage that comes along with refugees with that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the dangerous people who also might be coming with, you know, these people and the relationships that they might have with each other and knowing that they're both here in Canada together in a free country, you know, it's yeah, it, like that is where it gets ultimately, uh, and I think it will continue to be an important story year after year after year as the names and, and countries and, and change. It will, the story, mm-hmm. the heart of this will always change. And I think it's important that they made it a fictitious country. Yeah. I was yeah, going to ask you yeah, guys, yeah, do, yeah. Do, do you guys think that that's, I think it's important. A wise decision. Yeah. I think it's, um, in, you know, people point out that it's, there are some clear similarities to Lebanon, certain events and, and regions. But that misses the point, I think. It's sort of just... It's the like the same way that uh, Beasts of No Nation never mentioned what country in Africa yeah. takes place in. I know? was going to bring that it's up just, as well. It's a war-torn region uh, that's sort of familiar to all of us. Uh, and it doesn't really matter where specifically it happens. You know, I, I, I understand that. I like to play devil's advocate there sometimes when, you know, when, if you were the, the parent of somebody who got killed in a specific country and you, and someone says it doesn't matter no, where it happens. No, there's too many. It's, sorry, I don't, I don't, I'm putting it the wrong way. No, 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 you're but not. there's too many locations, right? You're, you're not because it doesn't because it happens exactly so frequently that it could be anywhere, yeah. you know? It, yeah. it, it, it's a more of a comment on how frequently these kinds of stories happen in reality. Yeah, I think that's, the, that's what it and really I think, points out. Um, the movies that do last are the ones that talk about fictitious countries or fictitious, you know, or like sci-fi you know, it's almost like it is almost like a sci-fi movie because it is a fictitious country. You know, it could have been, which gives me hope for Blade Runner because he is taking. Hopefully, he does something like this with Blade Runner. 
you know, taking something that's very important going on in our world right now. Yeah. Okay. And puts it in a fictitious yeah, yeah, yeah. world, like a fantasy world, like a Holocaust type situation yeah. or, yeah. Okay. Um, so we also got topics covered, uh, you know, such favorites, quote unquote, as, uh, the honor killings that we get to see happen, uh, also very quickly in reality. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This, this happens very early in the movie. But then we start wondering, okay, now who are we looking for? Right. If I don't, I don't know if we should maybe get into spoilers pretty soon, but, um, that scene is horrifying because, uh, like, I mean, I think for anyone watching it, because you know what's happening, right? As soon as the people, the it's, two guys walk out of the... We, we, we get the initial sort of setup, and then we flash back to Noel's past, where she's we, well, a young... Yeah, we realize it's a flashback. Yeah, where she's a young girl in... Noel Nar Narwan. Noel is in Marwan. some sort of, you know, fictional reality, you know, of Lebanon, I think. Yeah. is basically what we're looking at. She's out in the in the... Seemingly and, and, country and with her, some guy. It feels like shit's gonna maybe be okay in that yeah, scene. They're rushing off. They're yeah, they're then, young lovers. Mm -hmm. They're rushing off things. You know, they're trying to get away from something, and then boom. Yeah, some guy gets there. Um, really hey, bad. Really hey, fast. what are you? What? Are, where are you going? Yeah. So I, I do love the structure here, where we basically get the will and testament of their mother, and then this quest. Go, you know, deliver these two letters to your father. And your brother. Two people you didn't know existed. And as I said earlier, seems like a interesting, sort of straightforward request. But the riddle that that becomes is so dark and so intense and, like, insane. How it finally plays out. Oh, my God. And so the watching sort of each sort of point and each of you know each bullet point of the will gets given to you slowly and then you get flashbacks sort of for each individual like the know, mother piece. has th this has been this is all orchestrated like the mother knew what had to happen for her wishes to be followed yeah and then so. i like this is an interesting setup of some sort of fictional like conflict between christians and well, Christians it's, and Muslims. it's taking place in the Middle East, so there's Muslims and Christians. But it, and it, it, I think that the the crime is probably Muslim on Muslim or Christian on Muslim or. Well, the in okay, so it's generally. I mean, I'm I my like global political knowledge is pretty bad, but it's Muslim versus Jewish people, right? Well, in this, it's Christian fundamentalists. But in this one, it's Christians versus Muslims, yeah. which is, I mean, that's different than what's actually going on there. Yeah, right? and, and it's, it's just an interesting well, Yeah, I mean, twist. you've got Palestinians yeah. and you've got mm -hmm. the Jews, right? Within Palestinians, I think you've got Christians and you've got... Uh, Muslims. Yeah, there definitely like there definitely are but lots of Christians living in the region. It's okay. not that it's not that that's not believable. It's just I don't know Wait, of no. any. I don't know Palestinian any, Christians. Like I don't, I don't know, know of any wars going on that are led by Christian fundamentalist groups in the region. And maybe that's where no, this I is, as either. you said, is more of a sci a little bit of a you know fictional reality where it's yeah. you know they just distance itself a little bit from pissing anyone off. They create a fake, you know. I like mm -hmm. that Uprising. they did that. That's, like, not, that's that's I like that they did that. And you know, at, at one and she's always wearing the cross. And then her mother was holding the cross. Yeah, she takes it off, well. but then she pulls it out. I love when that when she needs to. And then of course, Jean is wearing that at, on her journey, which just beautifully echoes 
the journey that we're flashing back to her mother on, right? They're both wearing this cross as they're taking the following. She's taking following, buses take, and... following the same route that her mother took, right? Mm-hmm. Retracing her steps. And it's, it's, it's just brilliant to watch Noal search. She's on her initial journey to find her son, you know, back in the seventies. Mm-hmm. And, and then John is on just, just sort of almost the exact same journey. Trying to track down to find her brother and her father. Yeah, and it's yep. just, it just beautifully echoes sort of these two things happening at the same time. Uh, I think we should get into spoilers. I think okay. so, It has too. to happen. Yeah. Rosebud. Rob, you said bus sequence. That's all you said to me yeah, before I the kept, movie I kept started. I saying that, okay, because there's a sequence in there where um, the mother is um trying to track down her son and she gets on this bus and she has to pretend that she's muslim to get on the bus because the bus driver takes off her cross yeah the bus driver is muslim she gets in the bus and then the bus is stopped by christian uh soldiers and she wakes up to this she falls asleep she wakes wakes up to this they shoot the bus driver in the head pour gasoline on top of the van on top of the bus and proceed they're gonna like they shoot it up too yeah they right? shoot it up kill all these people she's survived and a woman and her and her child uh, have survived then she's like oh my god they're gonna kill me so and then she pulls her cross out of her purse and she's like i am christian i am christian and then what she does is try to save the child which is the most heartbreaking scene maybe ever where the mother is thinking okay i'm just gonna let my daughter go because this, yeah, is just, her, this woman's going to save my daughter. This is her only chance. I'm never going to see her again. But yeah, because Noel lies and says, we have, oh, that's my daughter, that's my daughter. And the woman just, you know, her lip quivers and whatever. And and we get to see in full view the entire execution of the little girl. But at the point, that's at the point where it seals, uh, what was it, uh, Marwan? Or what's her name? Noel. Noel. Noel, yeah. Sorry, Noel. Fate is like... Um, how ludicrous it is that because she's Christian, she gets to live. Like she's like, just because I'm Christian and I, they could not tell by looking at me that I was Christian, you know, by the fact that I had this cross, it saved my life. And the whole, like she was working with that at the university, uh, to, you know, help Muslims and Christians, you know, live together. Uh, cause she was perceived it as a human rights violation that, the Christians were the aggressors and the Muslims were yeah, yeah. being oppressed. So she's sort of losing faith in her own religion. So she lost... Yeah, that's the point where she completely loses faith in her own religion and decides to... Join Islam. Fight for... Well, to... Yeah. Ch- Chamsuddin. Does she not yeah. join... Yeah, she decides to become like a sort of double agent and then um, eventually... Um, kills the leader of the Christian fundamentalists. She assassinates the leader but, of the I mean, right-wing it, in fundamentalist In that bus party. sequence, though, it's just it just shows you how a person can flip their um, sort of loyalties, you know, when they see something like that, you know? I mean, and... I didn't view it that way. I need to, I need to rewatch it with that, oh, yeah, like with she, that in mind. It's all about, like, she gives up. It, it, it's her... Losing I was just, Christianity. Right? I mean, I was just horrified at what I just watched, so yep. I wasn't thinking about. She's horrified. Mean, she was as she was traumatized, for, right? For sure. But, but I it's didn't. The correlation between that trauma 
and yeah the perp- the perpetrators of that trauma oh, for sure i mean that's the political in, you know sort of implications of that whole scene so she when she walks out and pulls out a pistol she's out doing the parcel pi- i and love just it shoots that guy in his mansion <sighs> i felt like i was watching some awesome 70s movie you know she's yeah. doing piano lessons or you know it's kind of the equivalent she's doing uh english lessons or french lessons with the little kid yeah and you're like what why are we it was you know, tell like, me correct me or like tell me if you notice this but i thought the sound in that like the the firing mechanism in the gun like it sounded awesome it sounded so like you could hear the metal yeah clank oh it was just i mean it just came it, it was one of those bang, bang bang you know yeah it's a gunshot that i i smelled coming i guess when you get a long tracking shot of somebody going and oh you know yeah for sure something's coming right like we're, we're walking to something important here if we if we busted out the steady cam today for today's uh shoot like <laughs> and then they're dragging her away yeah um i just i th- that is where the movie turns into uh a reflection of suha beshera like an act there's an actual lady the woman who sings there's an actual lady out there a lebanese lady who uh an attempted assassination sent her to prison oh uh, really she, yeah she tried to kill some political leader and she went to jail and was raped in prison and it's partially based on her life the original play is um i i wanted more assassin know-all though well what was the badass what's that movie the olivia says like six hour oh carlos carlos yeah so it's kind of very similar carlos at this point like that yeah i just i i love the idea of like a the the movie called like a spin-off movie called the french teacher and it's just uh you know kind of like the substitute with uh okay tom berenger uh, but in this case, it's no wall. She's just this badass French teacher who come in and just like teach you French, but then like kill your you know gangster parents while you're yeah. doing French lessons. I think part of the reason I like the the whole, if the whole thing is like it's it's sort of realistic, right? If someone is going to assassinate a high profile figure, that's how you have to infiltrate. Is it's like mm-hmm. you haven't done this before. You you know you're not get in like where they don't the French teacher, yeah, anything you are you literally are some woman from nowhere it's it's kind of like the night manager but like in a yeah. smaller scale you have no yeah. background like if they do a check on you you're yeah. just literally some lady yeah um so that's where the movie gets into some roundhouse kicks and gut punches oh yeah and uh, it's, we, we sort yeah. of we watch her get taken to a prison that we are simultaneously find out in the present is still open renowned for uh abuses of prisoners and like uh what is it um uh someone international uh, amnesty amnesty international yeah it's violations trying to shut it down Mm -hmm. all the time so we know that it's like in the past and present it's it's been like it's even worse today than it was then right far riot right yeah Yeah. far riot so we totally sucks and 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 you know they you sort don't of go. imply oh everyone knows what this is you know you never heard of Kafariyat you, you never must heard not of be from around here um and so we we basically get to the looming implication is like we know that Jean and Simon are mistaken they believe that they are searching uh, how do I put this they 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 think they're searching for their father who's definitely dead yeah who we saw we saw the whole honor killing thing at the beginning the honor killing took care of him they shoot him immediately and they're searching for their brother 
who they you know they have basically no leads on essentially uh but then we know that the the real children are you know the tw- we know that she's that Noel has already had a child in her life exactly yeah so the 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 children are just confused about sort of which order they don't know the babies came in yeah they haven't figured out that there's a baby before them exactly so when they hear about uh, a rape and a baby being born in prison they assume they, it to be the brother. They don't. They don't think anything of it. And then, but we already know that the twins were born in prison. And this, this, yeah, this, this like giant weight is hanging over both of them, and it was hanging over me. And you know it's going to drop. But what you don't know is coming is the twist on top of that, and that is that the son Abu Tarek is the father. So the guy who is the Torturing uh, Noal, the in, rapist in Kafar, in prison, the torture specialist who rapes her repeatedly, yeah. turns out to be the and son she gave up her for adoption when she was younger. Is her son who got turned, at, and that ties back to the beginning of the movie where we see a boy being turned into a child soldier with three dots on his heel as a tattoo, which we do see during the birth sequence. Yeah, so we watch right after the, the, birth. The, the 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 woman who says, "I'll help you during the birth." After that, you have to leave. Her aunt, right? Yeah. I believe. Yeah. Um, she, but says, she says, I'll put this yeah. on here so you're, you know who he is. So in you the can future. find him. It's such an it's such a elegant and subtle way of just marking. Although you know, it's, it's funny a very how visual way. You I, know? I found it interesting how perfect the tattoo looked on the the grown man. I know when like he must have had it touched up a few times. Yeah, yeah he didn't ever knew what it meant his whole life. Yeah. He probably um, kept going into tattoo artists and touching it up. That's what I. That's that's how it works for me. Yeah. What did you guys think of uh, Simon's arc? Like Simo. I, Simo. I loved how sort of unwilling he was oh, initially. He has one of my favorite lines at the beginning. Like he doesn't want to do this. What, what What did you? What line? So when they've left the office, they're both feeling sort of quite different. Um, Simo wants nothing to do with it he just thinks his mom was crazy his mom was always crazy mm-hmm. yeah and we're not going on this quest are you crazy yeah, you know, and John is yeah. kind of like uh, maybe we should check it out like it's her last wish I don't know and he's like she's dead now we're supposed to be we're supposed to finally have peace and he and he's like just standing there with his hands in his pockets and he turns around and he kicks the his back big, of his truck and yeah. he says I'm I feel so fucking peaceful and I just thought like I'm at peace. That's the torrent that like, you know, when the, when you're like grief, like someone, you lose someone close to you, like you're just all mixed up, whatever. Like that was perfect. I'm so fucking peaceful mm-hmm. and kicking the truck at the same time. I loved his arc though, right? How, like how you're talking about how unwilling he is. He, the, this whole trip is ludicrous. He doesn't even, he doesn't even give it time in his head. Yeah, right? He's like, no this, way. This is out of the question. Yeah. He even says that to the guy. Like this end of discussion yeah. is what he says. Yeah. And it, this is the end of the discussion. And he does end the discussion. It's Jean has to call him. Exactly. And say like mom was raped. But then by the end, he, he, he gets roped into this mystery. Like this is totally a mystery movie, man. It's awesome. Like, Watching he, them solve it is great. It's a mystery. Yeah. And a, this riddle that is given to you at the beginning just unfolds like a fucking sweet ass fried blooming onion. And and by the end, when Simon is now sort of like in, intertwined fully in this entire harrowing, you know, he he delivers the line where he says, "What if one plus one equals one? Oh yeah, which I that didn't work. I didn't did that ties back to the original 
scene with the equation with the mathematician. I, I don't know if I understood what. Yeah, it does. Um, while at the same time, it points out to the to like he's figured it out. He's figured out the son and the father are the same, same. person. Yeah. yeah, he's changed and, his and name. He, that's how he tells his sister. That's how he tell. Wow. And she's like, <gasps> yeah, she that has that scene. <gasps> Guys, what did you think of the the way that Jean gasps when she when it dawns on her? To me, that was it shocked me to my core, and I yeah. was terrified. I felt like I was watching cut, right. It's like <gasps> I, cut. I felt like I was swimming. watching a horror movie. I honestly yeah. felt like this was a horror film. But that 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 is scene just directly follows where we actually meet Chamsidine in a hotel room, and Simon is wearing Simon is wearing a blindfold. Mm-hmm. And he gets to take it off. And he gets to take it off. And that's when we finally see Champ Sidine for the first we've heard, time. We've heard this really like like velvety, deep voice. And he the tells, he tells yeah. everyone to leave because now I'm going to tell this guy some... Some secret some shit. Some secret, dark, you know, incest type shit. Uh, but yeah, Jesus Christ, guys. This is a gut-wrenching way to end the movie. Yeah. Um, it, it just... To me, it, it saddens me to think about how shitty Noal's life really was. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if there's anything that we get out of it at the end that is there any like is well, there I any do, do we thing, ta- is there any takeaway that's in any positive light here? I think he had is about to ha- start a really like he probably wasn't enjoying himself very much as it was. So or Abu Tarak maybe or whatever his new yeah. name is like he is a his life those he is not feeling those two letters guys what do you think of to, to the son and to the father like do you, like she has basically written uh, you know this like two letters but to the same person but to with two different perspectives right i've written a letter with, yeah. through to my son with you know this written this letter's written with only love the order he reads them is perfect too right it's like he, he the, to the torturer the like you couldn't break me and then to the son I found you. I love you. You're beautiful. Oh my goodness! And then that's when we finally get the title of the movie when he's standing in front of her grave, which uh, they can finally they can. That's the like last part of the riddle, right? Like once you deliver both letters, you can put a gravestone at my grave, and and so we see Abu Tarek standing at the gravestone. Yeah, and one thing I noticed is you got to meet all these people who, after the war, just became just. You know, they're like a janitor. Yeah. Or this guy's work on buses or spraying just spraying the the rails cleaning off the yeah. yeah. I mean it just shows how like these people go back, you know, they're they're invisible. They go back into mm-hmm. into the world and no one knows about their past. Well, even when she's over there, the guy one guy helping her, like he's he said he meets a buddy on the street and he's like, Yeah, yeah, I finished my engineering degree, but I can't find work, so I drive a taxi. Like, that's that happens but it everywhere. shows how during the wartime these people are powerful they're all powerful and then when they're done they're this part of society they're just part of society janitor. they're a bus person on a like fixing buses they're at the public pool it's just how it shows how war like how and it's so fucking crazy brilliant. war is it's so brilliant where you see a, a slice of that pool scene earlier in the movie and you don't know why nawal is so disturbed you just think oh she's old and she's you know senile and she has dementia she's having yeah. an episode but then you realize oh she just saw the tattoo she just realizes who her son was That's like the biggest moment of her entire life. her entire life and now she's just basically goes into a coma i guess and dies and he doesn't even notice her doesn't even know who no. she is no 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 clue. And then until he realizes everything comes to an end when 
just a beautiful tracking shot. He's walking down the street, camera pans around, and there's Simon and Jean waiting just with two letters. And they just have the most angelic looks on their faces. They don't say anything. They're just like, these are pure creatures, you know? Like, they're just like... And he is like the absolute devil. Fuck, guys. And they're just like... Could, could you imagine being in that situation? It's just like... We are some weird product of a half-brother yeah. incest rape. It's it's yeah. it's so dark, but it's handled in such a a careful way. Like yeah. Denis Villeneuve, how, like how does he do this so carefully? And like you could really fuck this up big yeah. time. Yeah, I, I, I was, uh, and I think people w- could make the comparison. Um, I think this is like the Canadian old boy. It is the Canadian old boy. Yeah, Raw. or I or Chinatown. Okay, yeah. I mean the the old boy just could reference to me like. It, it it crosses into dark, you know, familial, yeah, like, is, sexual yeah. relations that are the, very... I never thought of the old boy thing, but yeah, it is the Canadian old boy. Like, where these are things you don't see in films very often. Like, it's 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 sort of yeah. borders... Incest is taboo. It's lines that don't get crossed, you know, in the, and it's real shit that happens. Mm. Uh, I'm waiting for the Goler movie. <sighs> what? What's that one? Oh, if you don't know, look up the Golers in... Do I want to? The Annapolis Valley. Oh, my God. Um, so one last <laughs> thing we can wrap uh, in a sec here. Uh, do you guys feel that the quest sort of ends up feeling a little bit uh, like a wild goose chase, as it were? The notary and uh, and Nawal sends her kids on this danger, like dangerous, first of all, like dangerous. Uh, you yeah, know, you gotta, she, national, they have to learn who she was. National treasure-esque kind of adventure. Like, go, let me tell you this strange riddle. Meanwhile, um, Abu Abu Tarek is literally working at the bus station down the road. Yeah, he cleans buses. Like, you, 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 you just go, go throw a rock at his head. Just go kick his yeah, ass. So he's like right down the block. Just go over there. But no, she actually sends him on this crazy, you know, learn something about my yeah, past. Go to the bus station via Lebanon. <laughs> Like what a what a crazy convoluted way to Well, do you think she did that because she's like They don't know you, me. You're you're here in Canada. You're living this life in Canada. If I were just to send you down the block to the the father, you wouldn't understand the scope of what we had to go through, my life. And yeah, you wouldn't know who I yeah, am. So she, you, she because that's probably what she was thinking about when she was on this like in this state for months before mm-hmm. she died. She was just thinking, oh, yeah, well, maybe I'll just give them the letters. They'll go to him down the block. But no, I want, they need to know. I want my kids to know who I am. Who I am. Like they, and what I did. So they need to go on the journey that I went on. When I turned yeah. into Jason Bourne. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Escaping. Jason Bourne's, uh, you know, secret weapon, basically. Uh, guys, this movie's unbelievable. It is fantastic. I give it, I'm bouncing between a 9 and a 9.5. Um. I think I got to go nine and a half on this. Uh, I will follow I you out of personal bias for yeah. Denny Villeneuve. I just don't give him out that often, but I'd have I to either. say nine and a half because it's probably the best Canadian movie ever made. And you think so? That's, that's one of yeah. maybe fair to say. Um, Turbo Kid uh, still. Uh, I I really liked um, Crazy by um, uh, Jean Marc Valli, but this is. I mean that was a great movie, but this is like um, it's fire. It's a classic. This is a this is a fucking classic. Fires, yeah, yeah. Fires, yeah. 
There's a reason this was nominated for Academy Award. There's, yeah, there's, there's a reason for this it. This is Canada's like you know, sort of magnum opus for the and it was modern dramatic age. It came out the same year as Dogtooth, so there was something in the air that year. That's crazy. Like this came the same it, year yeah. as Dogtooth. Mm. 2010 wasn't a good year all around. Yeah, um, there was a, there was a few. This I mean, th- this one is like if I was to go back and make a top ten list, this would be like charted at the top now. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't see this sooner. I'd heard about it for years, um, and clearly there are people who have seen it years ago. So, uh, please rush out and see Ensemble, uh and then see Arrival. Do you guys have any any summarizing thoughts on the movie? I'm still reeling. It's dark. It hits you hard. When John gasps, it's it's one of the most terrifying scenes I've watched in years perhaps. I realized it with her. So it was like I was like what is he fucking talking about 1 plus what if 1 plus 1 is 1? It slowly dawned on me and I, I knew something was happening back. Goes, <gasps> I knew like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Like it was so heavy that the way that hit me, <laughs> man, mm-hmm. that, that, I mean, you, you don't get a lot of moments like that in movies. No. And, and to, to, to powerful. Yeah. And, and to, to build up and to earn that properly is insanely hard to do. Well done. Hats off to you, Monsieur yeah. Villeneuve. He, like, he is kind of like our Lord and Savior, uh, DV. Like, we should kind of maybe have like a sign, like a, yeah. a picture up on the wall, kind of like how, you know, Tom Cruise goes like to LRH. You know, he. Uh... <laughs> well, I think there there was a movie uh, called Jesus of Montreal, um, which uh, Danny yes, there is. made. I think Denny Villeneuve is Jesus of Montreal. Okay. I dig it. Rob, any any final thoughts? I think we probably said it all, haven't we? I, there's not much more I can say. This is a, this is a, this is a amazing a... movie. It's a classic, Denny Villeneuve has proven that he's not a one hit wonder. This guy every time out he does yes. something new, yes. something different, something challenging to the audience. Um like look, look at this. Okay, we've got Ensemble, we've got Enemy, we've got Prisoners, we've got Sicario, and then this new one, uh, which is Arrival. And then <laughs> and Blade then Runner Blade two. two? What so the fuck? I I might even like that's within. That's in six years. That's it, six years. It's so good. That's within six years. <laughs> he's dethroned uh, Fincher as my favorite director as of this episode. Um, this is why I chose Ensemble because I wasn't sure if 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 that was happening. You needed to seal the deal, and it, and, it and it this just did it. Totally happened. It, is this maybe his best movie? It it, well, it may even. Um, one of my friends says Mail, Maelstrom is a really good movie, which is it I came out. That, yeah. um, like years before this. Oh well, you've just added Called a movie to my and, watch list. Uh, Polytechnique. Uh, that seems like a really dark one. That's about the polytechnic shooting. It's kind of like it's Gus tough. Van Zandt's Elephant yeah. in Canada. Ooh. Yeah, black and white drama, and it actually stars the same Maxime Godet. Believe the, the, the hardest part well, is finding the guy who plays Simon. Well, well so. done translation. Like yeah, good subtitles. You know, you you got to track down the uh, yeah. The, don't the like Blu-rays. don't let subtitles turn you off because no, but you got to find good ones. Cause but I've some people don't watch are... some people don't watch foreign films. They just won't even watch a movie yeah. that's not in English. Oh, but I have to read. They just they can't handle. Oh, that. I'm not doing that. Uh, and don't encourage them. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Rob, thank you for coming on and bearing with us here. Always uh, appreciate having you. 
uh, lend your voice. Where okay. can we find you on the internet? You actually have some exciting news for I've us. I've got I think. some. I'm gonna have to like promote myself here. Um, so, couple. Well, one exciting thing that's happening um, is uh, the film, The Tree Inside, which I directed, co-directed with uh, Michelle Kim. And uh, Scott had a hand in helping out with doing uh, cinematography, titles, lots of lots of stuff. He was a um, very big part of the movie. It is going to be playing in uh, Seattle at the local sightings film fest on September 24th at 9 p.m. I'm not too sure of the theater. It's part of the Northwest Film uh, Forum, but it's a, it's a big uh, a big festival apparently, and uh, we're going nice. to be there. Michelle and I are going to be there doing Q and A. And uh, my new film, uh, The Lonely Light of Home, is out there now. We've sent it out to a bunch of film festivals. Um, there should be some news in the next couple months about it getting into festivals. We'll give you, I'll keep you posted when that happens. But yeah, there's a lot of exciting film news. You know, I just don't talk about these films. I actually try to make them. You know what? You know what you remind me of right now a director. You know, there's this certain director that we've been talking about who has sometimes has like several movies in the works at the same time. You know, uh, oh, Denny Villeneuve. Oh, he like makes a bunch of stuff. Like, like he's a prolific guy. Makes like, oh, I have a movie in my back pocket. It sounds like Rob has a movie in his back pocket. I made this movie Tree Inside. It's at a film festival. I also got this other movie, Lonely Light of Home, that is also uh, going to film festival soon. Yeah, but I'm on a, a, my the scale that I'm at is like he's kind of like the the live scale. I'm like the H O scale, like the the small train scale of what. Oh, uh, nice. Doing. Yeah, I'm H O scale trains. compared <laughs> to Denny Villeneuve. Like you know, Wicked. someday I will probably be uh, you know life size scale, like full scale, full nice. scale. But I'm H O scale right now. Okay, okay, doing miniatures. That's a nice way of yeah. saying like dinky car. Yeah, oh, wicked. <laughs> I, I love that kind of stuff. Setting up miniatures, yeah, yeah. blowing them up. It's filming. It might be more fun. Miniatures have their charm too. Absolutely. We have a giveaway. We do. I'm holding in my hands right now. Don't worry, they're sealed in the plastic. Three juicy Blu-rays. Just stellar titles. Sell them to me. Um. Okay. First up, we got. Starring Kevin Costner, Gary Oldman, Tommy Lee Jones, Alice Eve, and Gal Gadot. A fast-paced action movie. Criminal. Should I should I keep going? Yeah, so what else we got? We got Natalie Portman, Joel Edgerton, Ewan McGregor. From the director of Warrior, Jane Got a Gun. And the third. The third one is Arbitrage, isn't it? It's the best one. Arbitrage with Richard Gere, Susan Sarandon, Tim Roth. Brit Marling, some real heavy hitters. And you've seen this one? Oh, no, I haven't seen any of these. Okay, neither have I. <laughs> We're giving these away to a lucky listener. Email us at verticalviewing at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter, at verticalviewing. Uh, First person to mention giveaway, basically. Just mention any of these movies. Just say Blu-ray giveaway. Anything you want. If you want these movies, you live in North America, uh, we'd be happy to mail them out. Uh, you can have free, all th- free postage. You can have all three. We will mail them to you free of charge. Uh, you can have all three, or one, or or two, or all three. I don't know. Let it's us kind know. of the best contest like, ever. You know, if you have some movie fans that, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, birthdays coming up, you know, Christmas is coming up, mm-hmm. Halloween mm-hmm. gifts. Yeah, Richard Gere um, would be a great gift. Yeah. Any anyone loves anyone's big parents, stars. If you have parents, they love Richard Gere. <laughs> oh, and you know, who doesn't love a little Gary Oldman? 
get every everyone's these, parents. Guys, uh, these are big stars in all you, of these movies. If you have a brother, he likes Gary Oldman. The yes. guy, uh, every brother likes Gary Oldman. The director of uh, Jane Got a Gun, Gavin O'Connor. He direct. He is the director of The Accountant, which is coming out later this year, which actually looks pretty decent. My oh, cousins you mean loved Asperger's, the movie. Kind of Asperger's. Uh, My cousins love Blu-ray. If you have cousins, they love Blu-ray. <laughs> yes, your cousin would love Natalie Portman's Jane Got a Gun. If if you liked uh, Black Swan, you need this movie. These are these are quality if, Blu-rays, guys. If you've never even seen Black Swan, you need. Hey, you and McGregor's in this too. Don't forget. You can follow uh, the show at Vertical Viewing on Twitter. You can follow me at Scott Wilson BC. Uh, hit us up. Let us know if you want any of these Blu-rays. Red, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Jared underscore Sergeant. And you are. At Rob Salit, is that correct? At Rob Salit on, um, I think Twitter, Twitter, and then at Rube Lubner on uh, Instagrams. Nice. Uh, go to our website. It is verticalviewing.com. Please do us a little favor, Ruski, and uh, click on the donate button. It's just this yellow PayPal button. It's really cool. Yes, please. It's a shiny you. little button. Allows yeah. you to put in one cent or more. Uh, Dogecoin coming soon. Yeah, we we don't uh, currently accept cryptocurrency. What about Patreon? Uh, Patreon, we might look into it. Uh, it's as soon as we have more uh, yeah, solid foundation. Increase the numbers a little. Yeah, that's a definite possibility, though. Okay. Um, but yeah, anything you can do helps us offset the cost of seeing movies putting on the show. Uh, like, share, subscribe. Yeah, that's that's what they say. Put in the, you know, tell us what you think in the comments below, right? In the doodly do. Yeah, I like, like the guy. Post your comments uh, below. Uh, the guy on PBS Idea <laughs> says doodly do instead of below. Um, you can, uh, like I said, go to our website verticalviewing.com. Go to iTunes. Leave us your recipe, a vegan recipe, guys. No, no meat or cheese or anything involved, right? That's what you wanted out of this. Yes, no creature hemp, shall hemp be harmed no in the making of this hemp seed oil. So boring. I'm falling asleep over but here. But make it good. Okay, that's okay. the challenge. Thank right. you for coming on, everyone. Any final thoughts before we head out, Rob? Just um, be kind to each other. Oh, that's cute. Nice one. Yeah. Red, mm. what do you got? Anything cool? No? Um, just holding on to those Blu-rays, waiting for that giveaway. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> hoping that, you know, somebody... I'm Takes really, these off I'm our thinking hands. thinking about that lucky winner who yeah, snags all three of these BRs. Just, you know, like, watch Blu-rays. Yeah, keep the format alive, keep everyone. Keep the format alive. It's still Watch good. Blu-rays. You can't yeah. get these 40 gig versions of movies anywhere else. Yeah. So, uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Rob, thanks for coming on. You're very welcome. Mm -hmm. And okay. once you've right. uh, sent that email, what do you do next? Keep it vertical. Whatever that means. <laughs>